Uh, thank you so much. It's an honor to be here with y'all. Y'all, is that good? How'd I do? Actually, we're from, um, well, I call it Missouri because I'm originally from California, but they call it Missouri. I'm not where that comes from, but uh, we're from, we're from south, southeast Missouri, about two hours uh, south of St. Louis, and uh, been there about six years, and uh, it's, so, so we're kind of getting familiar with it, y'all, you know, and sweet tea and stuff like that, so, uh, but it's all good. Um, this morning, yeah, I, I guess I'll talk about the, the, the merch, uh, there, there, there are books and CDs, and um, if you absolutely cannot afford one and you want one, let me know. I'll give it to you. It's cool. Because, you know, it ain't, about, it ain't about that. So, anyway, uh, it's, it's absolutely an honor to be here, though. And um, there, there was something that I was um, just not, I, I was just not happy at the place in my life where I was at. I, you know, the money was fine, you know, making our house payment, everything's good. Um, family's good, you know, the kids were good. Car's not breaking down, job's good. And I just, you guys ever been to a place where you just have to have more? I just had to have more God. Had to have more God. I said, Lord, I just, you know, had so I, I went on a 40-day fast, and uh, out of that fast came some, some, some key revelation. And um, there, there's a book that I wrote called uh, Building Your House, and we're, we're the temple, we're the house. And it's all about, the, it's called Making More Room for Your Presence. Uh, and there's a song that, that came out of that 40-day fast called To Know Your Heart. Um, and so, which we're, we're going to hopefully do at at the end, I'm so sorry I forgot that because the worship team really wanted to do that too. It was, but you know, you got to flow with the river, you know. I always tell everybody, you know, worship lists run like this. You get a few fast songs and a few slow songs, and you end in this place, and the rivers run like this. And so you always want to make sure that you can make those bends and turns and, and, and always be flexible. And so, uh, so we were flexible, but, but, but that's okay. We'll, 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 we'll do what we can to fit it in. Um, this morning, uh, if you would turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. <clears throat> I, think, I think this is one of the, the key foundational pieces of Scripture. It's, it's foundation. This is in, in the whole word that I've found. And it, and, it, and it says this. It says, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that the Son of Man is? Who do men say that I am? So some, some answered him, and they said, some say that you're John the Baptist. Some say that you're Elijah or Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And so he looks at them, and he asks them, he goes, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Well, you know, Peter was never shy. Peter's always the one that, you know, spoke up. And so Peter speaks up, and he says, he says, well, he goes, you are, you are Christ, 
You're the son of the living God. And, and Jesus tells him, he said, he said, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, means son of Jonah, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but the spirit of God, of my father in heaven. And then he goes on to say, you are Peter, means little rock. He says, and upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And then he goes on to say, and I'm going to give to you the keys to the kingdom. That kingdom is, is the Greek word basilia, means power. The keys, the power of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And, and I thought, okay, the, the rock is a, is a pretty... Is a pretty, it's, it's, a, it's a foundation. A, a rock is a foundation that he's going to build his church. What's this rock? Is it Peter? Sorry. If, if you're Catholic, it's not. It's not, that's not, Peter's not the rock he's going to build his church on. What was he saying in this verse? Who do you say that I am? The revelation that we have of God is what he builds his church on. The revelation of who he is in our life. Our, our Christianity will only be as strong as who we say he is. Your Christianity will never be any stronger than your view of God. Who do you say that he is? I was like, wow. And so Jesus, you know, Peter said, you are Christ. That word, that word Christ is an interesting word because we know in the Bible that there's an antichrist spirit. You think about the antichrist person coming of it. There's an antichrist spirit in the world. There's not this anti-Jesus spirit. We could talk about Christmas and Easter and the name, you know, Jesus. But we, we start talking about the Christ because there, there, was, there was a guy named Jesus. Jewish historians and others have written about it. You know, Josephus. But Christ, the word Christ means anointed one. And it's the same word in the Old Testament as the word Messiah. And it's the anointing that the devil doesn't want you to have it because it's that anointing that breaks yokes. And it's and it's that's why there's an anti-anointing spirit, an anti-Christ spirit. Oh, it's okay. You know about Jesus, and you know, and you you come to Jesus and get saved, but all of a sudden there's there's wars fought over the Holy Spirit in churches and speaking in tongues, and you know, I am spirit-filled, and I am glad I am. And I mean, when when the when the children of Israel came out of it came out of Egypt. Well, right, right, be, right before they 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 crossed the sea, they were still in Egypt. Egypt always typifies sin and bondage in the world. Pharaoh typifies Satan. So Pharaoh, Pharaoh, or Satan sent all of his demons on horses and chariots to keep to keep the children of Israel, who the Israelites typify the church, to keep them in bondage. And God parted the sea, and the children of Israel 
they went through that. And the, and the, the, the Egyptians went through after them. And the sea closed up onto that sin, and they came out brand new. That, that's a representation of baptism. That's, that's, that's the first representation of baptism. But it's, but it's interesting that even though they were saved, they weren't going back to Egypt, they were saved, that they were still wandering in a desert. And they weren't living in God's, the fullness of his promises, had made it into the promised land until they went through that second baptism called the Jordan River. And, 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 and the priests went in first and all of a sudden they went, they went through that river. That, that, typifi that, that typifies the baptism of the Spirit. Because once they went through that, man, then the walls of Jericho started coming down. See, there's, there's power in the Spirit of God. Power in the presence of God. Reinhard Bonnke, I sit under him and Benny Hinn, and they both said the same thing a couple years apart. They both said, I like the way Reinhard says it better, because the power of God. <laughs> it's cool. He said, the power of God, or God, is encapsulated in the presence of God. Now, he's led like 40 million people to the Lord seen amazing miracles. Benny Hinn said the same thing. He says pretty amazing miracles. The power of God is encapsulated in the presence of God. Therefore, I got to I got to be in the presence or I'm going to miss out on the power. The power of God is encapsulated in the presence of God because it's in the presence of God that you get to know him and you get to find out who he is. And when you know who he is, all of a sudden, when, when your view of God expands, God has more foundation to build on. When your view of God expands, God has more foundation to build on. Who do you say that he is? Like what? See, that's why praise and worship determines outcomes. Because you start declaring who he is in the midst of your circumstances. And, man, and sometimes it might be a sacrifice. It is killing your flesh to declare that he's your provider when, you, when you're looking at bankruptcy. It's killing your flesh to, to say, God's my healer. When, when, you're, when you're dealing with chronic pain or, 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 or a terminal illness. But you see, he's a God that doesn't see things the way we see things. He is, he is a God that doesn't change, and he is able, Ephesians 3.20, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above anything that we could ask or think or imagine or fathom according to the power that works in us. Don't ever, don't ever think that you're too small or too insignificant because God called the people. God called the people who didn't have all that much ability. Moses is like, I can't talk. Gideon's like, I'm the least of all the tribes of Israel. And God says, Gideon, mighty man of valor. He calls Abraham. Dude's like 75 years old. Hey, Abraham, 
One day, ended up being 25 years later, one, you, you, you're going to be the father of many nations. And, it, and it's interesting because, because God, God had to take Abraham out of his tent. He, he, he thought, okay, I'm going to be the father. I'm going to have an heir. Lord, he was, he, he was praying, Lord, I need an heir. I need, I, need, I, need, I need a son. I need an heir. And so he had his tent, you know, cam, camel parked out back. And, and uh, he, he was a pretty wealthy man, so he probably had a four-camel garage. And, and, and so, you know, and, 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 and so he's, you know, he's in his tent, and he's got one room set aside with his crib. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm just believing God. I, I got a crib. And God says, dude, dude, dude. My dream is so much bigger than your dream. Come on, Abraham, who do you say that I am? Abraham, you got to step out of your tent because you can only see so far. Abraham, so come on, Abraham, step up. So he steps out of his tent. God tells him, now look up. What? He was looking down. He was looking down on his situations. He just never... Look up. Abraham looks up, and it's nighttime. Abraham, count the stars. What? Count the stars. All right. Because just count the stars, because I'm going to give you children that will be more numerous than these stars. What? Okay. One, two, three. Three, a couple hours later, 3,627, 3,000. Abraham, that's it. Oh, man. Abraham, one, two. Abraham, okay, what? Are you getting it? And, and, and somewhere in the midst of counting, he realizes, my God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above. Somewhere in there, the light, the light switch is on. And all of a sudden, faith, faith starts to rise. And, and he says, well, I, I'm, I'm going to be the father of nations. I, my, my tent's too small. Abraham, who do you say that I am? You know, and, and, and you know, God wants us all to have vision. Well, I don't really have a vision for my life. I, I don't really know my purpose. I'm kind of stuck. When, when you get in the presence of God, you will find purpose. When you spend time in the presence of God, he start. He'll start rocking your world because you realize that you are big. Of you, you are part of the kingdom. You are part of something that's so much bigger than yourself. Lord, what's my place? I'm, I'm part of the body. Am I a little toe? Am I my foot? Am I a knee? Am I a hand? Whatever. But you see, God. God can only work. God can only work within your area of faith, of what you're believing for. He can't, he, you're, God is only limited by your faith. What? God is only limited by your faith. There's a, there's a story in Genesis. God, uh, Abraham and Lot are parting ways. Lot, Lot was his uh, cousin or brothers. Anyway, and so Abraham and Lot are parting ways. And because there were, there was, there were too many livestock and, they were eating up all the land. So it, Abraham tells Lot, pick, pick whichever land you want. And, you know, you know that's, that's, that's what you have. And I will, I'll go the other direction. 
So Lot chooses his part, and Lot chooses his lot. And, Ab- and Abraham starts walking, and God says, okay, come over here. And I'll, I want to show you a piece of real estate. Abraham, come here, come here. Abraham walks over. And he's like, oh, no, is he going to have me count the blades of grass? You know, and no, 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 no. Abraham, I want you to look as far as your eye can see in every direction. And this is the land that I'm going to give you as far as your eye can see. Your vision determines your boundary line. Because when his eyes stop seeing, that's what he stopped possessing. Who do you say that he is? And that land disappeared. See, your, your vision determines your boundary line. I don't think it's any, it's any accident that in Genesis chapter 1, the very first words recorded that God spoke was, let there be light. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness, I believe that was spiritual darkness. It's, it's recorded in the heaven that, or it's, it's recorded in the Bible that, Satan fell from heaven like a bolt of lightning. It says he took a third of the host of heaven with him. He was there in the garden, so he had to be there before he was on this chaotic, desolate wasteland without form, tohu, and void, bohu, chaotic and desolate, uh, this wasteland. And it's interesting because the spirit of God starts hovering, moving over the, over the waters, and then God speaks in that, in that spirit. See, God, God, wherever God's presence is, you're going to hear God's word. And, and it's, God wor- it's God's word that builds our faith. It's the hearing of God's word that builds our faith. Romans 10, 17. I'm sure you guys know that. But, but see, God said, the very first thing God said was, let there be light. And, it's, and I love that word light because it, it not only means lack of darkness, but it means knowledge. And darkness signifies ignorance. It also means good. It also means vision. It also means hope. It also means enlightenment. And if you, if you trans, translate it from the Hebrew Aramaic into the Greek, it means faith. There, God, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. There's a perfect heaven and a perfect earth. And then it says, and the earth was without form and void. That word was is the Hebrew word haya or hayeth, which means became. Something happened to the earth, which I believe it was Satan falling like a bolt of lightning. And there was this something, there's this huge something that, that, that caused the earth. I believe there was a perfect heaven, a perfect earth, and there were dinosaurs on it. That this is this is this is a Brent theory. This is, you know, this is just don't don't take don't do not take this. But this is just my theory, okay? I believe that were there were dinosaurs and and all and these big sea creatures and everything and and then all of a sudden the earth became a chaotic, desolate wasteland, tohu and boho, without form and void. And then all of a sudden darkness well, there was obviously water there, and so it froze, and there was an ice age, and darkness was on the face of the deep. 
like, wow, is that how you explain it? That's how I explain it. So, but, 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 but so in this, in this, in this chaos, because there's evil in this chaos and this darkness, God says, I want to see some faith. Let there be light. And there was light. You see, God is a God of order. And so God started putting everything in its proper order. Lord, God said, let us, because Elohim was there. The word Elohim is God. It means the Trinity. In Psalms, in Psalms chapter 8, he created, them, he created man a little lower than the angels. It means Elohim. It means the Trinity. It, it should be than, than the gods or God. And, place, and, and crowned him with glory and honor and placed all things in his feet. And so the Father... The Son, the Word, John chapter 1 was there. In the beginning was the Word. And without the Word, nothing that exists today was, was created. It was that Word that became flesh and dwelt among us. And so God's, God's creating, and he's, and he's speaking in. He's speaking in the chaos, and he's speaking into the darkness. And he says, let there be light. And all of a sudden, at the Word of the Lord, order started being restored. See, this is what happens when the Spirit of God starts hovering over your life. And he starts speaking into the, to the desolate, formless, and voidless places in your life. And all of a sudden, the light of God's word, the light of God's, God's word, because he holds all things together by the word of his power. And so God starts speaking into your life, and all of a sudden, order starts taking place. And, 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 and he starts separating things. And, 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 and your soil and your heart starts to become fertile. And, and your faith starts to rise. And where, where there was death, there starts to become life. Where there was ice, it starts to melt. And, and, and all of a sudden, God's, we got to hear the word of the Lord. Because it's a hearing of the word that builds our faith. And with, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And this is all found in his presence. This all flows from his throne room. And we know from... From, from hearing last night that we have access to the throne room of God. There, there's nothing that can keep us out of there. And so all of a sudden, God starts creating. He let's, Let us make creeping things and let them reproduce after their own. Let us, let us, put, let us put everything in it. Let, let, us put the, let us make fish and let's put it in the water. And let, us, and let us make plants and let's put them in the soil because that's the environment where they thrived. God put everything in its proper environment. And then the very, very last thing God did, he didn't actually speak. He actually formed it with his hands out of the dust of the earth. I'm going to do this with him with my hands. He said at first, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. And so he... He makes this perfect, unliving being sitting there. And then all of a sudden, man's first inhalation was God's exhalation. He breathed into his nostrils the neshama, the spirit, the breath. He went, and all of a sudden, man opened his eyes. And he, and he became a, this, this living being created in the likeness and the image of God. And, and because he was created in the likeness and the image of God, you know that word likeness means comparable to, and the word image actually means a ghost, a phantom, or an illusion. So all of a sudden, 
See, he was created in the likeness and image of God, comparable to God. He wasn't God, but he was God's representative on the earth. He was there to represent God's will on the earth. And because God, the creator, spoke all things into, his, into existence, he was, he was given that authority to do the same thing the creator did and start speaking God's will on the earth. That's why we pray. Because the power of life and death is in the tongue. And don't think that you're not snared by the words of your mouth. We were created in his image. When God said, let there be, there was. And when we say, let there be, speak it in faith. Believe it. And so, all of a sudden, man comes onto the scene and all creation looks and the darkness looks too. And they're like, wow, is that? No, that's, wow, that sure looks like God. But no, something's different, but man. Now you know, everywhere Jesus went, demons started manifesting because they knew it. Because he was, he was the likeness and the image of his father. He had that authority that he was, that he was made with. He was crowned. Man was crowned with glory and honor, and, and all things were placed under his feet. That, that word glory is the, is the kabod. It was the weightiness of the presence that he carried with him. That was the power of God. So when he spoke, he spoke under that anointing. And, and, and so when he walked, he walked with that anointing. He, he was a man who carried a lot of weight. Seriously, the weight of the kabod, the glory of God. And so... God, it says in Genesis chapter 1 that God, when, when God created man, he placed him in Eden. He placed him in Eden, in this garden. Now, do you really think that God makes man? And he says, now, I want you to take care of all the carrots and all the peas, all the cherry trees and, and, the, and the pecans and, and the peaches and, you know. No, the word garden means a place of order. A place of divine order. And the word Eden, if you look it up in the Strongs, it says a desirable place. But if you break apart the swirls and swishes in the Hebrew language, you're going to want to write this down. The word Eden means a spot for the moment where the windows of heaven are open. So when man got in that perfect place of order, he was in the spot for the moment where the windows of heaven were open, operating in divine authority, created in the image and likeness of God, and all of creation was taken notice. That's why, because see, there was darkness was on the face of the deep. Darkness, darkness was on the earth. So man had a mission. He was, he was to take dominion and to subdue. And, and, and to multiply God's presence. So when man moved, the spot for the moment moved because man was moving, open heaven. And, and out of that place that, that, that God, see, God placed man in Eden because it was the environment in which he thrived. God put man in his presence because it's the environment where we were created to be in. 
If, if, if you grab a fish and you, and you pull him out of the water, he'll live a while, but be like, you know, sitting on the shore and he'll die. He will malfunction. If you take a, if you take a plant and you pull it out of the soil, it'll, it'll, it may look green for a while, but it'll, it'll end up dying. If you take a bird and you clip its wings and you pull it out of the air, it'll, it, it, if you take a cow and you, and you put it from the pasture onto the desert, it'll die. Man was created for the presence of God. And because it's the environment in which he thrives. And if you take man and you pull him out of the presence of God, he malfunctions. He becomes like a fish out of water. And so when, when Adam sinned, it's, it's, it says in Genesis chapter 1, and they realized they were naked. Well, weren't they always naked? I mean, they were, why did they just realize it? Because the birds had feathers, animals had fur, but the covering, he was crowned with glory and honor in Psalms 8. The covering that man had was the glory of God. And God's a holy God. And he cannot coexist with unholiness. So when Adam and, in, when, when Adam and Eve sinned, they didn't lose their clothes. They lost the glory. They lost the likeness. No longer did all creation take notice and say, why are you torturing a son of man? They just said, ha, 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 They lost the authority. You, you get it? So, in, in, in that, they, they had, and in, in, in it, it affected the blood, because the life of the flesh is in the blood, it says in, in, in Leviticus. So somebody else had to come with perfect blood to restore that. The second Adam, Jesus Christ. And he took the keys, the authority. And, and there's, you know, the, the devil is not powerless as far as dunamis power. He's powerless as far as exousia power. It's, it's difference. The, the, the devil still has his arms and his legs, and the devil in, you may not see it here, but in a lot of countries, is throwing people across rooms. Um, there's, there's demonic manifestations. I mean, it's, it's a very, very, because the devil still has power because people give it to him. They can give him, here, here, you take the key. I, 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 you just ruined my life. But see, there's something about the pre being in the presence of God. See, God is enthroned in the praises of his people. That's, see, this is why praise, praise determines outcomes. When we start to praise and we start to declare who he is, Lord, you're my healer. You're my savior. You're my provider. You're my, you're my strong tower. You're my refuge. You're my song. You're my hope. You're my joy. You're, you're not just mighty, but you are almighty. You don't change. You're the creator of the universe. All of a sudden, the atmosphere starts to change. The atmosphere starts to change. The king of king walks in. He goes, they just created a throne. And I'm going to sit on a throne. And when the king sits on a throne, he sits in authority. And anything that opposes that authority must flee in Jesus' name. Because he's the king of all kings. See, praise and worship determines outcomes. Because we were created to be in that environment. And so, so when the king comes and sits on the throne, we're now in that environment in which we were we were created to be in. And all of a sudden, 
the, it, it, says in, it says in 2 Corinthians, I'm getting ahead of myself. You can tell I'm following my, my notes really good here. It says in, uh, I'm sorry, where did, where did I write that down? 2 Corinthians, I didn't write it down. Hmm, darn it. That's okay. Anyway, it says in, I, I think it's 2 Corinthians. It says, as, as we behold him, we become transformed into his image, his likeness. And as, as we spend time in his presence, beholding the glory of God, all of a sudden, we become filled back up. And, and I said this last night, and I, and I think it, 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 it bears repeating. We're like, a, we're like a, a vessel. We're all created as vessels. He's the source. He's, he, in, in him there's life, and there's life abundantly. So we go to the source, and we get filled up in his presence. And all of a sudden, we, we become like him. And all of a sudden, demons start to notice certain things that aren't, that aren't right, and people start to manifest and become uncomfortable. And, and we walk out and we pour out onto those that are empty. The power of God, the power that's working in us, according to the power that's working in us. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above everything that we could ask or think or imagine or fathom, according to the power that's working in us. You cannot pour out onto others what you yourself do not contain. It's impossible. Well, yes, there are times where God will work in spite of us, just because he loves people. But for the most part, God has given us the keys. He's given us the keys paid for with his blood to the throne room. But just like he told his disciples, you have to tarry for power. You have to become filled up. And, and this church is Faith Renewed Outreach Center. And it's those that wait upon the Lord that's going to renew their strength. They're the ones that's going to mount up with wings as eagles. They're going to run and not be weary. They're going to walk and they're not going to faint. They're going to rock the world around them because, because of what's inside of them. You're a God container. The inside of you is so much bigger than the outside of you. You are a God container. Doesn't matter what people see. You contain the God who holds the universe within the span of his fingertips. And, and when you get in the environment that you were created to be in, and you be transformed and, 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 and come in and, 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 and be transformed into his image and his likeness, creation takes notice. You walk in an authority and you walk in a power that you otherwise cannot walk in. And that's God paid the price by his blood so we, have, we can come boldly and confidently into the throne room. But it's time spent in the throne room that will, that will determine what level of authority that we walk in. Because it's time spent in the throne room that brings us to the understanding and the revelation of who we say that he is.
Because it's the revelation of who, of who we say that he is, is the rock that he's going to build his church on. And when we have such a revelation of how great our God is, and how awesome our God is, and how able our God is, it's on that rock that he's going to build his church, and the gates of hell cannot prevail against that. It's on that rock that he gives us the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever we loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Because we start operating out of that place that we were created to operate out of, which is the presence of God. It's the environment that we, that we function in. It's the, it's the environment that we carry the power of God in. It's, it's the environment that Jesus walked in. I don't do anything unless I, I, I just judge by what I hear the Spirit doing. I only do what I see the Father doing. And, and it's that environment that we can change the city. That's why the disciples had to go tarry for power. Jesus, Jesus breathed on them. And he says, receive the Holy Spirit. And they did. So were they ready to go? No. They had to go in the upper room. They had to tarry for power. And 120 of them that were left, they turned the world upside down because of the power that was working in them. Because they understood, I have to operate out of this spot. And if, and if you read later on, they, they understood that we're getting too busy. We have to have some other people take over these works, the deacons they call them. And I, I got to go back and I got to operate out of this spot. You guys need to make sure that your pastor has enough time to operate out of that spot. Because the anointing flows from the head down to the garment. And you guys want revival in this church. It starts at the head. We were created to be in that environment because that's the environment in which we thrive. Our creator placed us in that environment, a spot for the moment where the windows of heaven are open. You, you can do so much more. The church can do so much more. Satan has so lied to the church because he's told them that they're not worthy. And so he, they don't think that they have the keys to the throne room, that, 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 they, that they have access. They don't, they don't understand about the grace of God and the blood of Jesus. That's why, there's power, that's why the church is powerless, because they haven't spent time in the environment where they thrive. And, 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 and so we're losing the world around us. I dare you to spend time in the presence of God. Because out of that spot, God's going to say, look up, count the stars. He's going to say, Look, get up to a high place, and as far as your eye can see, I'm going to give you this city. Because greater is the Spirit of God in you than that Spirit that's in the world. But you always have to ask yourself, who do I say that He is? Who do I say? If, if this is the rock that He's building His church on, who do I say that He is? If, if I truly call myself a Christian, because you will never operate higher than in the realm of revelation that you walk in. That's why it's so important to hear God. It's that revelation that builds our faith, and it's faith that moves God. God sees your tears. God hears your cries, but that does not move God. Your faith moves God. Praise you, Jesus. And I just want to release on you this morning great faith. Remember, faith is not static. It fluctuates. There are mornings 
evenings through days, weeks, where you just don't feel like you have a lot of faith. That's okay. God's, God, that's okay. God created us. He knows us. But it's, it's pressing on and keep pressing on. For the high calling, that, that, that prize, the high calling, that upward call in Christ Jesus, that keep pressing and pressing and pressing. Lord, I'm moving towards you. I don't quite understand it all. That's okay. We know in part, that's all right. We see through a glass dimly lit, the Bible says. But Lord, I want to see your power work through me. So Jesus says, you got the Holy Spirit, now go tarry for power. We, we have access to the throne. All we have to do is spend time there. And as, and as we spend time there, we, be, we, 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 be, we become renewed. We become transformed. That word transformed is the same word when Jesus went up on the mountain. He became transfigured. Romans 12, verse 2 says, Be not conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That, that happens in his presence. Lord, I thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence. There is so, there is a much higher place that we can walk in as Christians. God's kingdom power is available to each and every one of us. Are we willing to go to that throne room and spend time with him? He has paid the highest price possible. So we could come in. You see, that's the power of praise and worship because he's enthroned on our praises. Praise and worship is not for God. It is for us. Don't get me wrong. All the adoration, all the honor, all the glory is to God. But praise is a pathway that's he's, that he's created so we can come into his presence because it declares who he is. It opens up our mind to who he is. Miles Monroe says, Praise is the highest act of faith, and faith is the highest form of praise because we constantly declare who he is in our circumstances when we praise. That's why you can come out before your enemies and you say, God, I am outnumbered. What do I do? Just, just declare my love because you know I love you so much. There's nothing I wouldn't give, not even my own son. Lord, your love endures forever. Your love endures forever. So, Lord, let your kingdom come and let your will be done because I know you love me so much. And, Lord, you've given me all the authority that I need. Lord, let, I pray for an open heaven and your presence. Hallelujah. That's, that's, that's what it's about. And... Um, you know, I just I, I, I want to pray over you. If you need healing, I want you to come up. I want you to come up. If you need healing, God's going to heal you this morning. I want God to show off. You need healing in your in any part of your body. If if you didn't have any headaches, if you if back, lungs, whatever, you don't have to say it. If 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 you want healing, if if you need healing, raise your hand. If you believe that God can heal you, come on up here. I want to pray for you. Come on up here. Go ahead and play that. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus.
Lord, I thank you for great faith right now. Let it rise. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Lord, this is all about you, Father. This is all about you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. I start down here. Praise you, Father. Your word says to lay hands on the sick and you'll heal them. Lord, it's not my job to heal. It's your job to heal. It's only my job to trust you. Father, I trust you right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. What do you need? What, what do you need? You don't have to. What, what do you need from God? Okay. I speak to you pain in Jesus' name. I say be gone. Pain, I address you in the mighty name of Jesus. I say be gone in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Be healed in Jesus' name. The reason I asked what do you need when the blind man came to Jesus, Jesus knew he needed to be healed. But he asked him, what do you need? And he spoke it out. You, you can't take a mountain if you deny the mountain exists. And we're told, wait, we can't claim that. We can't speak that. It's true, but you have to address the mountain. Jesus says, if you say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and don't doubt in your heart but we'll leave what you say. You, you will have what you say. And so that's, that's what I'm doing. Just stretch your hands out and pray. Lord, what, what do you need? Thank you. 